0: Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything. Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday morning, I guess it is, because we had the holiday yesterday. Hoping all is well with you out there today, as always. Season 10, my friends. Season 10. Welcome. What a ride it has been! What a wild ride. This show has been going 451 episodes strong, thanks to you. Thank you so much. Okay, so today to kick off the 10th season, I thought that we would look a little bit at the sorts of things that I was thinking when I started this show and different things that I think have probably changed about my viewpoints or definitely, um, you know, just kind of in the natural progression of, of doing this podcast. So let's just jump in. So looking back when I started this show, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I think that's still the case, (laughs) but I'm just kind of more into the flow of it, of not knowing what the heck I'm doing. So that would be the difference. But nevertheless, I kept on going. And what I started off with was a few episodes talking about whites, greens, reds, just kind of like trying to let people know or get a sense of the sorts of kratom that i was thinking about at any given time taking um basically the limits of what my kratom world was at that time and so this is september 2021 and and um and the sorts of things that i talked about in terms of types of kratom things i liked whatever were the following so first i talked about my experience my first time trying kratom at school at college and uh, and how that kind of is the the opening up of my mind to what Kratom was. Now, the first interesting inconsistency here is that I think that I mentioned that the first type of Kratom I tried was Green Bali. And I now I'm I, I know that I've been saying recently it was Green Borneo. So I'm kind of tricking myself here. I'm not sure which one it was. I know it was one of those two. I know that the second time I got Kratom, or like the first time, the first time I tried it, I was trying my friends. So the second time I tried it, when I actually got it myself, it was green Bali. I know that. But the first time I tried it, I can't remember if it was green Bali or green Borneo. My goodness. So that's one thing. Another thing, I started talking about different types of Kratom, how I usually use whites, not that much using reds. And I don't really know about greens. I mean, essentially, that's what I was saying. The few things that I said about greens were that green malae has been somewhat effective for me at the time. It was like really great for my mood. Um, it's not really that intense in its effects. That's another thing I was talking about. And I was saying that um, that but actually like a, a family member of mine, my cousin, um, they are on the autism spectrum. And when they first started exhibiting signs and difficulties around this. Their parents were like trying to find different things to help them with certain issues. I think that this was before uh, the autism diagnosis. So that's important to note, but there were different things that were happening that were giving them trouble. And um, they asked me about Kratom. I obviously had no idea if it would help or not, but I just told them the one I was using, which was Green Malay at that time, interestingly enough. And and that actually did help my cousin for a little while with different issues that they're experiencing. Uh, I don't think it lasted for too long, but for a few months it provided some relief in different departments, uh, which I don't know the specifics of, and I don't want to not, you know, do it justice or anything. So um, I'll leave it vague, but that was something that I did talk about. Um, and and then uh, something else I talked about was that with Green Bali, um, that's one of those ones that can really give me some negative effects, like shakes, jitteriness, blurry vision. Um... And that's totally true. I think that that has not changed at all. I think that's still pretty consistent with how I feel about that today. Um, what else? I talked about Mang Da. I didn't know hardly anything about Mang Da. Um I think that uh one of the things I said was that like Green Mang Da was like the strongest or one of the strongest ones that I've ever tried, but that it, I don't know exactly what it is like. Um that I, I didn't know if it was like what's the difference between a green Mangda versus a red versus a white and versus, like, a mixed red and green or a red and white. And later on, I learned that most Mangda is a mix of, like, green and red. <laughs> like, I, and, and that is Mangda in a lot of cases. But that it's so vague and nobody really knows what exactly Mangda is. So, like, that's something that I've learned a lot since starting this show. Um, there's a lot of cases where that's the case. Also, <laughs> I guess this is one of the big ones. I was saying Kratom. That's how I was saying it, Kratom. And it's funny because that was my go-to and now me saying Kratom right now feels so wrong. I've just gotten so used to saying Kratom because I was corrected by so many people on the internet. And now, you know, like people are telling me, well, it's Kratom and um, and I give up. <laughs> Quite frankly, I give up. I just need to stick with something or else I'm gonna lose my head. Um, if, if there's enough people who like, you know, flood flood the channel and wavelengths to, to tell me that it's Kratom, then I will switch, but from now on, and still, I'm sticking with Kratom. It's just where I'm at, but tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, so, moving on with everything Kratom. <laughs> you, I guess it started with everything Kratom, that's crazy, but nope, everything Kratom now. So, moving on. Uh, I was less familiar with greens. I did have experiences with whites and um i i know that i really talked about white meng da as well and i had tried i think that recently when i started the podcast it was recently at that time i had had white main da a number of times in the morning like like you know having like a, a good breakfast and and white main da was like such a boost for me um I think I was even having a little bit of coffee at the time and that was like too much. Like it was too much of a boost and I would get headaches sometimes. But um, without that coffee, a little bit of white mangda in the morning, it was a big boost for me, it was a lot of energy. So that was my exposure to white mangda. White horn was one of those ones that I said that was a favored type for me. Well, I said strain. That's another thing that's changed. I was talking about strains and then someone very quickly corrected me in a different way. Um, maybe three episodes in and said it's not strains uh it's you know veins and and it's not veins because it's like you know people do things to the kratom when they're processing it and this and that Just call it like varieties or vein you know if you want to use vein that's fine but don't call it strains so i've stopped using the word strains and and it's interesting because i forgot that i did that and th- th- but this was like my life like in terms of like uh, my knowledge of kratom i mean that was everything. It was Kratom and it was different types of Kratom strains. And now I'm like, it's Kratom veins or varieties. <laughs> so there's a big change. Um, and by the way, everyone, I'm not saying that I've come to like the realization that all these things are correct or like I've made it to the, you know, promised land or anything here. Like I am not in Nirvana. I don't I don't have the answers here. This is just how things have changed over time. I'm sure this will change further as everyone learns more, but me in particular, and as you all keep correcting me, which I hope you do, <laughs> so there's some there's an important note. Um, Indo white, Indo white. This is one thing that did not change at all. Indo white was my favorite type of kratom at the time. It is still today. I took it at 1 p.m. around then. I take it at 1 p.m. around now. I mean, I've also found that it can work well in the morning sometimes, but um, but I also like still what Indo white. 1 p.m. with some black tea that is exactly what the doctor ordered and it's also um you know something that has not changed since i started this show um right sorry back to white horn though i liked white horn um i think that i've realized uh over the course of this show that white horn works better for me when in conjunction with other things and i don't i don't know if i knew that then or not but i can't remember Other things I talked about, red varieties. Um, I talked about how I don't really use red varieties of Kratom that much, but that um, using a red variety of Kratom tie, red tie, and then also combining it with blue lotus, that is like one of my favorite things to do. That's what I talked about at the time. Um, Not so much anymore in terms of the red, but but I do enjoy combining uh, blue lotus with white. And green tie uh together, which is a combination that I think is amazing. Um but again, the a conversation for another time, I guess. But um, and also blue lotus is a whole nother thing. But I think that blue lotus, white and green tie together is an amazing combo. With red tie, I think it's a little too much to have blue lotus in there. I think that it's like red tie works very well, it's very strong and I think that I, I, it's my favorite of the reds, but, um, but not really to be taken with anything else for me in particular. So in my experience, I like red tie on its own. There's been a lot of other things that have changed. That's just talking about types of kratom. Um, if we're talking about thoughts on legality, um, how safe kratom is or not safe, things like that, All over the place, things have changed. I think that my conversation with Tristan from Texas, our good friend who's been on here a number of times, I had a conversation with him. He was my first interview, shout out to him. Thank you so much, Tristan, for being willing to do that with this crazy new guy and new podcast. Um, Yeah, he reached out to me on Reddit and, and I reached out to him and we got connected and we did that first episode where we did a conversation together a few episodes into the podcast. And he blew my mind. We had like an hour long conversation and he opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Before I talked with him, I thought pain medications are bad. Like strong ones um, are bad. Fentanyl's bad. Um, Oxycodone is bad. Uh, Methadone is bad. Inherently. Kratom can replace all those things and the world will be merry, you know, merrier and all the better for it. And I thought that Kratom was not addictive. I thought that it was, you know, safe. um, uh, No risks. I did not know that people took very high amounts of Kratom. You know, like the amounts of like, you know, 20, 30, 50 grams a day. Somehow they do that, I guess. I still don't know how other than extracts. But some people really don't do extracts. And I'm like, how do you do that? Well, at the time, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, There are lots of things. And... Tristan really opened up my mind and put me in my place. I think in a great way. This is only positive review of interviewing Tristan. In case people thought that was like there's anything else going on there, this is all good. I needed to have my mind opened up, and he did a great job of doing that. Um, and he was patient. We had a great conversation. He uh, talked about some really difficult pain issues that he has had forever. And then also ones that have happened more recently and ones that have been ongoing for a few years or a lot of years. Um, specifically his back is, is what I'm remembering and, um, and different surgeries he's had to have. The fact that he, re- you know he's reliant on these pain medications that um, true enough, they were overprescribed way back in the day that kind of helped kick off the opioid crisis or did kick it off in my opinion. But that since then, there's been so much crackdown on those pain medications in, as you know, in response to this crisis that um, that now people who really need it, including him, can't get, you know, their access to it has been stripped or, you know, cut back largely, you know, without merit. And um and that he struggles with all this pain and, and knows what he needs, but he can't always get what he needs. And Kratom, can help. He, used, he used it at that time. I don't know what he's doing today because we, we have to have a catch-up conversation again. But at that time, you know, he talked about how sometimes he would use it um, on and off like a month or so. Or like sometimes he would uh, use it in conjunction with one of the pain medications, which also I didn't know was a thing. Um, and that his opinion was Kratom... You know can be addictive pain medications can be addictive but pain medications are not inherently bad just like kratom isn't inherently bad people can abuse things but he's saying like he really needs it for for legitimate reasons and why is his you know access being cut off this was this was all new to me you guys i had no idea um you know i had just lost my brother eight months prior or nine months prior uh after he struggled with addiction for ten years And then he took his own life, um, you know, 11 days after the birth of my daughter. Um, And it was my first child. So it's like it, it was a crazy year for me, a crazy time for me. And addiction was in my mind all the time as it had been for a decade, you know, over a decade as my brother went through that. But I did not know every single side of the issue. Of course, I still don't. But one of the things I've learned since then is a lot of people need these pain medications and they're not getting them. Um, and and so that blew my mind. There's a lot of things that blew my mind from that conversation. Since then, I've talked with Tristan like four or five times. Our conversations go on for sometimes hours and it is always wonderful. So huge shout out there. And I love those talks. And and also, I know you guys do too, because those episodes get some of the most views or listens, sorry, of um, of any of these episodes that I do. And rightly so, as it should be drinking my black tea here that's another thing that hasn't changed um so you know in terms of things that have changed though a lot and i guess another thing that has changed has been my outlook on legality when wyndham hotels and resorts makes travel possible for all The World Health Organization was reviewing Kratom, um, you know, whether or not it would recommend a critical review of the substance and recommend an international ban, you know, that countries could draw upon to influence their own governments to create bans. And and I so I was like, oh, Kratom is under attack, which which it was. And the World Health Organization, I think, issued a good ruling a few months later um, that was based on sound science, which said this really isn't worth our time. We'll continue to monitor it. It's certainly worth that. There is always, you know, potential for abuse, Um, but come on, we've got bigger fish to fry and the evidence you presented is scant to say the least that this is dangerous. So I thought that was great, but I also was coming at this from a viewpoint of Kratom should just be legal everywhere all the time. I've changed that viewpoint since then. I wasn't thinking about Minors, first of all, Um, just simply because I am, you know, I was over 18 at the time, and I wasn't thinking about anyone under 18. I mean, naively so. I guess this shows why I'm not a politician, because you're supposed to think of everyone, right? If you're making rules. Um, I wasn't thinking of anyone else. It was kind of like self-centered. I don't want people under 18 to be taking Kratom. I don't want it to be able to be sold to anyone under 18. Um, I mean... In, in an ideal world, people, oh, until they're, they're like 26 when their brains stop developing, or at least I think that's when men's brains stop developing, um, shouldn't be taking anything that's going to mess with them, you know? But I know that that's probably not going to happen. Um, so I'm not advocating for that. But what I do think is that people under 18 definitely shouldn't be taking Kratom. Um, even if that was a 21-year-old band, like anyone under 21, I'd be okay with that, honestly. Um, that might be a little bit selfish just because I'm over 21, but <laughs> but again, I, I think like the later anyone does anything that can alter their body other than food and water, the better. Um, that's, that's totally hypocritical here because I certainly didn't follow that advice myself. So, but at the same time, that's important. I did not understand how kratom um, processing can be complex. It doesn't have to be. But it is and, and how third-party lab tests are very important for consumer confidence and maybe something that the FDA might find confidence in one day if they ever pull their heads out of their you know what's. And and so I think that third-party testing is important too. Basically, the the sorts of things that end up being in Kratom Consumer Protection Acts, KCPAs. I came out of this finding that I think that regulation is the right answer. What that looks like can vary, but I think that the things that I have since come to realize is that no one under 18 should have Kratom. Third-party lab tests should be required, although I think that it would be nice if companies didn't have to necessarily pay for that themselves if, you know, depending on the requirement of that given state, because if it's very burdensome, um, I don't want anyone to be doing shortcuts to save money. I'd rather it be funded, um, you know, maybe even in the taxes that Kratom produces. I don't know. But like somehow have it so that the companies don't have any any incentive to not do it the right way and get it tested. So that's another thing that I've been thinking about. Um, and then the last part of regulation that I've been learning ever since I started the show, the 2% rule, the fact that there should not be more than 2% of the total alkaloid profile of any given Kratom product as 7-hydroxymitrygynine. that is something that I've learned more recently than than in the beginning. And um, I think that that's pretty wild. You know, like the fact that this alkaloid might, might not even be present when the plant is picked. Like, like Kratom plants don't have the alkaloid pro- profile that they have when it gets to your mailbox, for instance, or when you go to the store and get it. Um, it changes the second that you pick it Things start changing and moving and morphing and oxidizing and all and metabolizing all those scientific terms which I know nothing about and have no you know merit in talking about here, (laughs) but um but I do know from my own research that that is the case and that 7-hydroxymitragynine which is stronger than mitragynine from what I can tell and if there's even a possibility of respiratory depression or respiratory depressant like effects um, in anything that has to do with kratom, it would be more likely the 7 hydroxymitragynine rather than mitragynine. So that one, 7 hydroxymitragynine isn't even present when the plant is, is first picked necessarily. And, um, and a lot of the time you have these extracts where those are higher levels and you often find some issues when that's the case. Um, so that I think was a really interesting, one of the more interesting and specific things that I've learned since starting this show. Um, going off of that, danger. Danger. How dangerous is Kratom? This is something I've changed my mind on a lot, too. I've always wanted this show to be not a pro Kratom show. I think that it kind of is, let's be honest, because I, I like, um, I want Kratom to be legal. I want it to be regulated, but legal. And I don't think that it is dangerous enough. to to warrant the sort of like concerted effort to make it illegal that that we see a lot of the time. So that's the case. And if that makes me pro Kratom, then I'm pro Kratom. However, I'm not avidly pro Kratom. I've always said, I don't care. I don't care if, if, you know, Kratom is safe or if it's found that Kratom is not safe. Because if, and by that I mean, if it's found that kratom is safe, great. I will keep doing the show as I do. And, you know, I will advocate for kratom to be regulated but legal and accessible. If it is found to be not safe, if there is some sort of groundbreaking study or something that comes out that shows, wow, we didn't realize, but kratom as a natural plant is not safe and we need to get this off the shelves immediately. I will change everything everything that I do I will take down any affiliate link that I have up there which by the way um, for full transparency there's always like one or two affiliate links in my podcast descriptions I don't make hardly any money off of them <laughs> I mean this isn't like I'm you know the Joe Rogan of podcast you know like I'm I I am not making more than like fifty dollars here and there uh you know, from affiliate links every every few months okay so it's like i'm not bought out by anyone um i'm happy to share vendors uh for people through through those affiliate links so that they get more business but if it is found that kratom is illegal i will swipe those down immediately i will change everything about this show to being completely and totally against kratom and i will tell everyone stop using it okay i don't care i have no stake in the game and I don't, I don't have any incentive other than to tell people what I'm finding. So that's something that I've, I think I've been consistent on. Although I didn't really develop that that strong of a standpoint of being pretty in the middle. Although I am, at the moment, based on information I can find, pretty pro, you know, keeping kratom out there and accessible under certain circumstances. But I've I've never been avidly like oh, Kratom is perfect, there's nothing wrong with it, and let's never question that. I think I've always, even if I didn't verbalize it too well, and I'm sorry if I didn't, I've always questioned. I've always questioned things, especially Kratom. Um, and I've talked about that when I did an episode with my family, uh, when they were finding out you know, that I took Kratom and the sorts of different reactions I got from different family members. Um, but I think I've remained pretty good on that or consistent on that. Um, I think that, I think that my opinion of kratom safety has changed over time. So that now my main takeaway is, from what I can tell, if you take kratom, the natural plant, and you're only taking like a few grams, you're, there's nothing not safe about that. If that's all you're taking, if it's natural, not you know contaminated or messed with, and um, and if that's all you're taking you know, even including, you know, no prescriptions. If you're taking anything other than the natural form of the plant, if you're taking extracts or whatever, I don't trust it. I still don't know. I do not trust extracts. And I've said that a few times now. I don't trust extracts, no matter what company it is, who it is. I've never bought an extract before. I don't know. I don't know about them. But what I do know is that they're present at most of the cases where people are saying, it's a kratom caused death or a kratom related death. It's like so many of these cases, or you know, maybe most of them. I don't know, but I think a lot of them for sure. It involves an extract, so I don't trust extracts, and I'm gonna wait to see if it can, you know, if extracts can prove to me that they're safe. So far, I don't, I don't see any proof of that. Um, I think the natural plant is fine as long as people are not taking high amounts of it and not taking it too often, I think that's fine. I think that um, the other thing though, more importantly and more recently, the things that I've learned, and thank you to Kratom Science for helping me understand this, about Kratom being me- metabolized, maybe it's called, through the, the CYP3A pathway, enzyme pathway in your body If you're taking other medications that use that pathway, they're legal medications or, you know, legal prescriptions that you've been prescribed. That is dangerous, I think. I don't think anyone should combine Kratom with anything else that uses that same pathway because it seems like it slows down the metabolization, metabolization, ah, I'm so bad at this. It seems like it slows down the process by which Kratom is metabolized and the effects get really strong, built up, lasts longer, toxins get stuck in there, and it increases the other medication too. I have come across two cases now in my research where um, the only two substances after three post-toxicology reports and follow-ups and tests have shown there was only kratom, high amounts of it, high amounts of of, uh, mitragynine, okay, very high amounts, but kratom nonetheless, kratom and citalopram, or Celexa, an antidepressant. Both of those use the same pathway. Now, I don't know what these cases say. These are two cases where the people died, and those are the only two substances that were found. Of course, everyone says you can't rule out additional substances, but with this, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt that that was about it. Um, Unless there are some other substances these people had in in their bodies that the people who conducted the post-toxicology reports didn't know to test for, which is totally possible. Um, That's a whole conversation for another time. I'll have to make a note of that. But I'm going to just assume that they're right and that it was only those two substances. That kind of scares me. One of them was more recent. One of them was like 30 years ago. But that seems really odd to me that both those cases stand out. They're so spread far apart, but they are the exact same in nature. So I do not, I do not believe that Kratom should be taken with anything else that uses that same enzyme pathway. I think that is dangerous. That's a deadly combination potentially. And um, I want to preach that from the rooftops. So that's something new that I've been learning. Um, I think everyone should know that. And I think that this is one of those reasons why Kratom should be more in the public domain of conversation because, you know, and medically, like I want doctors to be open about this too, because people aren't opening up to their doctors about taking Kratom because they're afraid of what their doctors might think. And in that, and then, and also doctors aren't like focused on it as far as I can tell. So like if someone's taking Kratom and they're also prescribed something, I want, I want that doctor to know that that person's taking Kratom. And I want that person to know that that doctor is trying to tell them these two things use the same enzyme pathway. I don't think that's safe. You should stop taking Kratom, you know, or I guess, you know, not take the prescription, but it seems like if a doctor's prescribing you something, maybe you're, you're trying to work on something with that, whatever it might be, um, is Kratom the thing that you would rather be using, but I don't think both should be used. And it, I think it's dangerous. And I think it's also dangerous that there's the stigma there to the point where people don't tell their doctors. So, I also think that it's a personal responsibility thing that people should tell their doctors and that there's also some, you know, the onus is also on them. I mean, it's I mean, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular other than also myself. Like I experienced this, too. I didn't want to tell my doctor for a while. Um, That's not good. It wasn't safe of me. I wasn't being responsible doing that. And also, I was afraid of the stigma, which I think shouldn't be there. And I think that's unfair, too but I don't take away any of their self-responsibility. And I think that's something else that I've been learning about recently. So this is a long ranty episode. I could talk forever about the sorts of things I've learned over the course of doing this show. Um, I didn't know about STEM in vain and how people use that aspect of uh I just said, I just almost said Kratom just because I said at the beginning once of the show. Amazing. (laughs) Um, I didn't know any of those aspects of Kratom, like the fact that people use STEM in vain for certain specific circumstances. I didn't know about any of the research really going into Kratom, any of the history of legislation. I didn't know about the history of it in Thailand, which I think is fascinating. And I did an episode of that one of the first weeks of this show, and it blew my mind learning about that. Um... So many things I didn't know about. So all this in saying, welcome to season 10. I'm so happy that you all have been listening. Thank you so much. It's been great to see more and more people listening every every week. I mean, really, every week since we started this, it's just been going up. So thank you so much. Um, and uh, like, huh, let's keep this going. I don't know. I love doing this. I hope you love listening. Um, and let's just keep learning i'm not perfect i'm an average guy i really am i don't know what i'm doing i still don't think i I belong in the podcasting world but i'm glad that this is working out and that you all are muddling through it with me and listening to my meandering crazy thoughts every day um thank you i do want to make sure that i'm doing things that you all are interested in because this is not supposed to be about me (laughs) but uh It's kind of inherently part of it, given that I'm talking, right? So I want to make sure I'm listening to you and talking about whatever it is you want to hear. Um, You know, forget me. Let's let's think. Let's talk about you. Let's think about you. So thank you so much. And let's keep learning. I will keep learning for sure. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow. And that'll be season 10, episode two and episode number 452. Wow. All right, everyone. Take it easy. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.